My name is Audrey, and our scripture reading today is found in Revelation 1, 1 1-16. Let us stand for the reading of God's word. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, from, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings of earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us a kingdom, peace to his God and Father, to him the glory and domination forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. Even those who pierce him, and all tribes of the earth, will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation, of the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit of the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands, one was like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was the roar of many waters. In his right hand held seven stars. With his mouth, from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun, shining in full strength. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. He may be seated. Well, I am so glad that I came here for this intergenerational service. All right, Luke, I know that I you said you brought a new word into the sermon today. Um, before we even start with that, though, what I want you to do is to find in the bench, the pew in front of you, one of these cards. There's so much in there that you'll have to dig around and find it. What did you hear from the Lord this week? Can you find that? And if there aren't enough of those, and pass one and make sure that everybody who's sitting around you can find one of those. And up in the balcony, too. Because I want us to stop for just a moment in our service to make sure that we hear something from our Heavenly Father. And uh, I don't want you to write on this till the end of the service, though you on the back can draw a picture or something. 
but on this side, I'm going to want to stop at the end and have you think about this. Father, what have you said to me now that we have gathered here? Now, as we get into the message, uh, I have to tell you that this message is going to have a very different focus from what I had originally planned when I was thinking about getting this Revelation series going. And it's not because it's an intergenerational service. It's not just because of that. It's because last week when we started this series in the book of Revelation, we looked at Revelation chapter 1, the same text that Audrey uh, read to us before. And after the service, uh, one of our most faithful uh, church members and a true kindred spirit Cronola Arnold, Cronola, are you here in this service? Yes, right back there, um, waited for me afterwards, said, uh, Pastor, I want you to know that I have personally experienced one part of what you talked about in this message. Now, I'm going to leave you with bated breath to, to, to see what she, she said to me, because before I share with you what Cronola said to me, I have to remind you what I talked about last week, because some of you are forgetful. And some of you weren't even here. So here's what I talked about. I want you to envision the book of Revelation opening and seeing there an older man, uh, 80-something years old, man named John. He had been with Jesus when he'd been a much younger man. He'd been walking and talking with Jesus, was here on earth. But now he is a much older man, and he's been faithful to Jesus his whole life. And even though the government was saying, you have to worship the emperor, John would not do it. And so because of that, the governor had slapped him into this prison. It, it was on an island. It was an Alcatraz-like island prison where he found himself at the end of his life. Now, you wouldn't be happy about that, right? You've been faithful to God and you end up being in a prison. I have a picture of this so you can see what it would have been like in Alcatraz. See, that doesn't look bad, does it? But I'll tell you, if you go there now, there's a hotel and everything. But if you've been there then... Because the governor forced you there in exile, it was not a good place. But here's what I want you to see. John was not complaining, as many of us would complain. Uh, he was not in despair. In fact, did you listen to what Audrey said when she read the word? He was not in despair. He was in the spirit on, on the Sunday, worshiping the Lord. When as he was in his private worship, he heard this, this voice behind him. And it was as loud and penetrating, I think, uh, Dwayne, as, as a first trumpet player in the L.A. fell. That's what it would have been like. And he whips around to see who is speaking in this voice. And what he saw, well, you heard what it was read there. It was, but what he saw was the resurrected, the all-powerful, the holy, the majestic, uh, the all-knowing, the pure, the awesome Jesus Christ. It was the same Jesus he'd seen before, but uh, somehow more than he'd ever seen before. So last week, when I was speaking about this, in a number of our Sunday school classes, I'd asked people to draw a picture of this. Uh, I said, now first, on, uh, two parts of the picture. I said, in the first part of the picture, draw a picture of the way you just think about Jesus now. And then read this text about this majestic, powerful Jesus you know, the one who has eyes of fire seeing everything, the one who has a mouth like a double-edged sword, now draw a picture of Jesus as he is. I'll show you a few of the pictures that came up uh, that are here. Um, there's one uh, in our children's ministry, Emma Senek. Emma, I don't know if you're here, but I really like it. 
The one on the left, uh, is that Jesus on the cross or in a manger? I don't understand 21st century art all that well, but I think it really captures both of those in quite a powerful way. But then after reading the text, you see the more powerful Jesus, and I think it's really hard to draw this double-edged sword coming out of the mouth, don't you think? Sadly, I don't have any of the pictures from our middle schoolers. We had quite a few of those, but I do have from our college students. And this one, I think, was done by Marilyn Travis. So Marilyn, if I'm wrong, Marilyn, I think, is heading out to uh, Stanford today. On the left, uh, thinking about Jesus as this one who loves with an everlasting love. But then also, after reading this, knowing he's also the powerful and majestic Jesus among the lampstands. And then I think we have a third one from our college university group here, too. Oh, yeah. Now, on the left, I think this is from Emily Lim. Um, the homie Jesus there, you know, he's kind of chilled out, friend, healer. Who's <laughs> there? I kind of like it. Now, the other, Carol, I think that's from your son, Tim. Is that possible? Oh, nobody tells me. Alex Milky. Okay, now we know. But you see there, the powerful, don't mess with him. You see, the one who is all-powerful. And then we also had one of our adult classes reading, uh, uh, drawing a picture too. Maybe some of you are drawing one now. And uh, this came out of the uh, Crossroads class. J.P. Barbieri, I think, did this. You see on, the, uh, on your right, there's the picture of Jesus, the maker of everything, holding the world in his hand. But then after reading it, also this powerful Jesus who is also the majestic one and the judge. Now here's what I want you to think about today. Just the one thing. After I talked with Cronola, this was what it, where it did Where did John see this majestic Jesus? Where was he? And I'll put it up here just so that you won't miss this. <clears throat> he was in the midst of the lampstands. He was in the midst of the lampstands. That's where you meet him. And in verse 20, the lampstand is a local church. Now, what Cronulla shared with me, and Cronulla, you'll have to correct me if I get this wrong, but was that in 1974, uh, her husband, who owned a business in Mansfield, Ohio, had some thugs come in and shot him dead there in, there in his place of business. In what would have been a moment of utter despair for almost any of us, and I'm sure felt like that for Canola, she was at that time surrounded by the members of her church who would not let her go through this hard time alone. They worshipped with her. They prayed with her. I'm just sure they, they loved on her. And Canola, what, what you told me was that you experienced the presence of Jesus in the life of your church family. You experienced the power and sufficiency of Jesus in, in, in your uh, lampstand, in your local church. And today that's what I want us to talk about as we have gathered here together. The lampstand, the local church, is to be the place where we actually experience the presence, the power, the reality, the sufficiency of the Jesus who gave his life for us. That's what I long for you to do, and that's what I want us to think about for just a moment. So as I think about this in the moments I have, there are two questions I want to ask about it. If John said he saw Jesus in the midst of the lampstand, what are lampstands? That's, that's where I, I want to start. Because I don't want you to look at verse 13. You'll see the first thing that John says when he turned around and he was supposed to write what he saw. First thing that he wrote about was he saw seven lampstands. Now, 
a lampstand was not just a candle holder. It was more than that. Uh, a lampstand uh, w- would have been a stand upon which the lights were fixed, sometimes one and sometimes as many as seven, and the, either the wick would come from the lampstand up into the lights or oil usually would do it. I have a couple of pictures of it here that I want you to see if you can put... There they are. So you see there, <clears throat> this would have been a seven-lighted lampstand. And if you look in the picture on the left, you'll see the oil that is there. Excuse me, why I... <clears throat> you'll see the oil that is there that goes into the base and flows up through the lampstand and, and, and provides the fuel for the lights. Now, John was told, write what you see. Sometimes it's really hard to write when you see something awesome, right? So what he used here was language that was so common to him. It might not be to us, but in one of his own prophets, years before John, a man named Zechariah had written in Zechariah chapter 4, that God is present in this world uh, among his people, and his people are like a, la- a lampstand. That, that, that in, in the lampstand, the eyes of God sees into the world, and from the lampstand, the truth and light of God shines into a darkened world. So in saying that he saw Jesus among the lampstands, and drawing upon Zechariah, there are two things, and I wrote them down for you to see. So the lampstand is the place where God is present, You see, you should meet God in a lampstand because he's there. And not just that, but the lampstand is a place from which God shines his light out into the neighborhood and out into the world. So for John's world and the church people that he knew, there were seven churches that he wrote to in Asia, what's now Turkey. They were going through hard times. Maybe you've come to church today and you're going through a tough time. Maybe school hasn't started well. I, I'm not sure what's happening in your life, but that, you'll be able to relate to this because the people in John's day, they were trying to be faithful to Jesus, but many of them were being tempted to give up their faith because they were told you've got to worship not just your religion but the emperor as well, and Christians weren't to do that. There were Christians being killed in those churches. We'll be seeing that this fall. And also the other thing they had to wrestle with was they were living in a non-Christian society where the morals of the people in their world were so different and God told them to live one way and the world was living another way. And you know how it is. It's hard not to be conformed to live the way everybody else lives, right? So where are they going to find the strength to be faithful to Him and to live for Him? And John says Jesus is there in the midst of the lampstands. He is among the lampstands. What I think John was saying is what I so often try to say to us here in the church, but I use a different metaphor. I I use the one that Paul often does, that the church is a body. So we're a body of believers, and a body has to breathe, right? So which is more important, breathing in or breathing out? As I often say, this is not a hard question. (laughs) Which is more important, breathing in or breathing out? They are both absolutely essential, aren't they? So in the body, when we gather as we do today in our church body, we are to breathe in of what God has said. We are to breathe in the reality of God. We are to meet Him and to know what He has said so that when we go out into the places where God sends us, we'll be able to breathe out of His truth and of His light. Now, that was good. I I like that. So now I want you to listen carefully to me. Just 
as John told the churches he was connected to in Asia, you're one of those lampstands. So I joined together with, I'll tell you, my Christian brothers and sisters throughout the centuries and all over the world to tell you that every local church where Jesus is the Lord is supposed to be a lampstand in that community. Yes, Lake Avenue Church is supposed to be one of God's lampstands placed here, not by coincidence, but for a reason. In this place, we should come and meet God together. And from this place, being strengthened, we should shine His light into the world. Now, I said this last Tuesday afternoon. You know, I gathered with a group of uh, pastors and we talked about the text. And at that time, uh, Blake Raboli, right down here on the third row. Do you know Blake? He's the Lake Avenue Church coordinator of Club 45. (laughs) Now, if, if you come from my generation, Club 45 sounds like a disco club. Isn't that true? It's not. I don't think. Maybe not. Club 45 is fourth and fifth grade. It's where our fourth and fifth graders... And Blake is not only a wonderful coordinator of that, I'm just telling you, he is a very, very fine Bible student. And when I said every local church, including Lake Avenue Church, is supposed to be a lampstand of God, I'll use the technical terms that Blake used. He said, really? This is a really big deal. I don't want you to miss this. God has placed Lake Avenue Church here in Southern California to be his lampstand? This is a big, big deal. So that brings me to the second question. Thank you. Okay. This brings me to the second question. Was Blake right? First of all, anybody want to vote and say that he was right? Why? Why is this a big deal? So what? All right. I'm going to tell you why I think it is, and then Blake, they'll have to come and talk to you and get the real answer later, okay? A few things. Why this is so important that we are a lampstand. First, because we should experience Jesus in the lampstand. People are always wondering, is God real? Don't you sometimes wonder? How do we actually have an ongoing, regular experience And the Bible is saying that in a special way, Jesus is present when we as the lampstand gather together. It's a constant theme of the New Testament. When two or three are gathered and having to deal with a a discipline issue, Jesus says, I'm there. He's everywhere present. But there's something very special when we actually come all together and, and really come ready to meet him. That he says, I will be there and I will meet with you. And in Revelation, that becomes so clear. Chapter 1, verse 13. I've written it down so you can just see it. So when he turned around and said, where is Jesus? And the answer was, he was in the midst of the lampstands. And then again in chapter 2, verse 1, and repeated in chapter 3, verse 1. Jesus holds the stars, the churches, in his hand. And then in chapter 2, verse 1, that same verse, it's just such a beautiful way of putting it. Jesus walks among the lampstands. He does life with us. See, each one of these images is telling us that when we gather together intergenerationally, (laughs) 
Jesus is here. He's walking with us. And when we're going through tough times as they were, he sustains us because we're in his mighty right hand. He does life with us. I'll tell you, uh, as we go through the book of Revelation, and I hope you'll be here often, we're going to hear this message again and again and again. That's what Cronoli gave testimony to when she spoke to me last weekend. She had experienced that Jesus is real. She had experienced that Jesus is present. She had experienced both the loving Jesus and the powerful Jesus as she worshiped together and fellowshiped with her church family. And I'll tell you, it's because of teaching like we find here and find throughout the New Testament that I just urge you to become an ongoing, meaningful participant in your local church. If you're visiting today, become a member of some church somewhere. And by member, it's, it's, it's just saying, all right, that's the group of people. They're not perfect, but I'm, I'm going to be joining with them. And when we go through tough times, we're going to go through it together. We're going to pray for one another. And I'll tell you, if you say, well, this church doesn't look as perfect as I want. Well, go find a more perfect one. But we need your help because what a church is supposed to be is a whole group of all still imperfect people. We're not yet, none of us is yet all that God will make us, wants us to be. But we come together to meet Him and find the strength to become more. We grow together. And I, I urge you not only to make that official commitment to your church, but I urge you to find times to regularly come together with the whole lampstand. Yes, there are times where really, you know, Luke and your group, you, you, need, times, you need times when you get together with the, you know, those guys. I mean, that's, when you're in a certain life stage, you face the same things together, right? You've got to figure out how, how God would you have me to live in the midst of this. And that's true of us from, from childhood through senior adulthood. So, so we need you to gather in your adult Bible classes and your small groups and in your student ministry groups and Club 45. We need you to do that. But we need regular times where the whole lampstand comes together. Sometimes I feel like we just get together with little pieces of the lampstand. We need times where we all come together. And the promise that I sense the Bible giving us is this, that when we do, we will sense in a very special way. The love, the presence, and the power of Jesus. This is a big deal because we should experience Jesus when we come together in his lampstand. A, a second reason why I think it's important is that when we come together into the lampstand, we should find strength here to live well. Can you relate to these Christians back in Asia where they found it hard to live for Jesus? Don't you think it's not easy? You know how God would have you to live. The world is living like everybody else is living this way. Where do we find the strength to do it? And the Bible says that Jesus is there in the midst of the lampstands. He's walking around doing life with us and telling us this is the best way to live. It's really teaching us that Jesus isn't some sort of what, absentee landlord <laughs> that just lets things roll. No, he is here. Uh, I, t I told you that John used the idea of... Uh, a lampstand from Zechariah. I'll show you that picture of a lampstand again. Because, you know, you can have a lampstand that's there, but it needs fuel. And you see the oil that is there, the oil of God, the oil of the Holy Spirit, and, and you can try to shine on your own. But when we gather here, we find that... Don't you find this happens? I pray it does. That when you come here to Lake, it isn't just sort of checking, oh, I've got to go to church, my parents made me, or... 
I've got to go to church. My husband made me or my wife. I've always done it that way, out of habit. But when we actually come ready to meet God, and I really urge you to do this. Uh, in the Psalms, there are these Psalms where people would be marching up to the place to meet God. They were getting ready to meet Him. That's why I wanted you to take that card out at the beginning. If you come saying, God, I, I don't know if I want to go to church, but okay, I need to meet you. Lord, when I show up at that church, help, help Pastor Greg to be better than he usually is. Uh, you know, however you want to pray. Because, <laughs> Lord, I need to hear something from you. I need to hear something. When you have ears and the Word is actually opened, you will find that no matter how effective the speaker is, God will speak to you. It will be like the fuel of God coming into your being and, and your light will be strengthened. In this lampstand, as we gather and we sing praise to Him and our eyes are cast on Him, as people lead us in prayer, as this Word is opened, there should be a, a fresh anointing, filling of the oil of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we'll have the strength to live for God in this world. This is why it's a big deal. The church is a lampstand. And then reason number three. It's because, do you remember in Zechariah I said, it's not just that God was present there in the lampstand. It was also He would shine from the lampstand into the world. And that's what a church is to be too. Uh, we gather here um, to be strengthened. We breathe in. And, and, and are reminded that God is real and He's sufficient for anything. But we don't just breathe in, we do it so that we can breathe out and make a difference in the world where God has put us. Uh, I, I don't know if you saw a week ago, Friday, we had a, an article in the Pasadena Star News about us as a church. And I, I really liked it because it talked about us taking this neighborhood seriously since one of our mayors, Mayor Waterhouse, years and years ago, donated this property to Lake Avenue Church and wanted this place to make a difference in this neighborhood. So there was a picture in the newspaper and I really like this picture of, of, of our church. Can we find it there? There. Don't you love that? Um, what, what I want us to see is th this is an amazing place. Do you realize how many tens of thousands of people drive past this every day? And we are not to be a lighthouse. You know what a lighthouse does? It shines light way out over there and it leaves the base around it dark. We are to be a lampstand. A lampstand brings light to the places around it. So you and I have been placed here to carry the light of God into a world that sometimes is hurting. And I love Southern California. I love the San Gabriel Valley. I love Pasadena. So thankful God sent me here. But have you realized that we're not a perfect community yet? Where are people going to find hope and light from God? He's placed us here. And we're to take this neighborhood seriously and we are to shine to gather here and to hear from God and to hear from Him, this is how you're supposed to live even though nobody else is. When you live this way, people will say, that's good. And we are to shine both the message telling people about Jesus and the love of Jesus. I, I, I've thought about it this way. When we see ourselves as a lampstand, not here by chance, but that God has placed us here in this neighborhood to shine for Him, then when our schools 
are really struggling and our teachers don't have the resources they need, they should be able to see that cross and say, wait a minute, the people of Jesus are in this neighborhood, so we're not going to be alone, even if they don't believe in him. <laughs> they should know that, that we're going to do life with them. And, and when in our neighborhood families are broken by poverty, abuse, lack of life skills, have never seen how families and relationships are to function, they would say, wait a minute, there's a church here. And I hear they have a welcoming center where you can walk up and they'll begin talking with you and where people can find counsel. That they won't be alone, that they won't be rejected, that, that we'll receive people, whatever that situation is, and say, we don't have easy answers, but we'll walk with you. There should be people who walk with them and who bring some light into their lives. Matt Barnes, who's such a, an active part of our church, was with us on Tuesday, and he said this. I loved it. He said, this revel vision of Revelation 1 tells us that Jesus is big enough to help and he's close enough to care. Will you just mark that down? This majestic, powerful Jesus is big enough to make a difference in any situation in this world. So if you come today, I want you to meet him. And I want you to know, you don't know how you're going to make it through this situation, but Jesus is real and he is sufficient. I'll trust him because he's also walking among us. He's close enough to care. And that this love and power of Jesus is supposed to be experienced when we gather together as his lampstand. I, I can't tell you how much I long for this. I can't tell you how much I long for when you come into church here. Can, can you ever sense how much I pray? I, 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 Father, help me, to, help me to, to be faithful to you in such a way that people will meet you and, and know that you're real and, and find out that you're sufficient for whatever they're going through right now. I pray that every time you come, even unexpectedly, God will let you know that He knows you and he loves you and he's ready to make a difference in your life. Yes, we, we are one of God's candlesticks, his lampstands located where we are for a reason. We're, we're here to, to turn and meet the majestic Jesus who loved us and died in our place, defeated even death, is ready to give us new strength and then sends us out to shine his light into this world. At the end of the message, that's, this is what I want us to do. So as our musicians come, um, will you take out that card one more time? I want you to think of one thing that God might be saying to you today. You might say there are many. What one thing might God be say, I was saying to you today? I'd like you to write that down. If you've come here with other family members today, you might take some time at lunch over a picnic and share what that is. Here's what um, our musicians will do. As you're writing, praying, thoughtfully putting something down, um, they'll play music and then, Jeremy, I think you're going to come up or Andy or someone are going to come up and lead us so that we can sing. And when they, sing, when they call us to sing, you're going to have to stand and sing because the call, song is going to call us to do this. Uh, one day, John turned and he saw the majestic Jesus among the, the lampstand. So here's what I want to, you to ask. Having met him in this lampstand, 
Is there anything God's reminded you of? Any new directions that God is saying, you've been going this way, I want you to go that way. Any encouragement, maybe even correction that God gives. Write it down. Make a new commitment to Him so that you can shine to His glory.